This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. All right, welcome back to Drive the Lane. Big episode as we head into the bye week. It's big for a few reasons. One, Buckeyes are still undefeated after a crazy win over Notre Dame. Guess what? We're going to talk about it. Two, the bye week means we're even closer to basketball season. And the basketball conference schedule's been released. You can read about that in Joey's blog on drivelandpod.com, but probably touch on basketball a little bit because it is a basketball podcast. And then it's a big deal that it's a bye week because we got two weeks to marinate this win for Ohio State. And that's where we're going to start. Joey, I want you to set the scene for me. What were you feeling when Ohio State and Kyle McCord got the ball with 50 seconds left? And what were you feeling 50 seconds of game time later? Yeah. um, First of all, I I do want to say, which I think probably happens with every relevant podcast in general, we we're just chopping it up before we started recording and we just caught ourselves and cut ourselves off. And we're like, Whoa, 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 save it, save it for the show. Like this is good stuff. And I'm glad we did that because it was obviously we're talking about Ohio state football and how we were feeling. And that's where we cut it off. So let me tell you how I was feeling, Andrew. Um, I was at a buddy's house. Shout out Adam. If he's listening because um, Adam, I, I have a great golfer, incredible golfer. Um, I've come to the point in my life, and I don't know if it, it's a little bit different being in Columbus and watching Ohio State football games than if I was in Chicago watching Ohio State football games. I, 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 that's fair, but I don't know if you feel the same way, regardless of team sport. But for Ohio State football, I, I can't watch the big games in a bar. Like I just can't do it. It's, it's hard to focus. It's hard to listen. It's too much socializing, which is fun when you're playing Western Kentucky. But it's hard when you're playing Notre Dame and I want to hear the announcers. I want to see the replays. I want to be able to be on my phone and follow Twitter and send texts to my buddies and get, and you know, like that's hard to do in a bar a lot of times. So I was at my friend Adam's house. Adam just got a new puppy. So he didn't want to go out. Perfect. Great. Cute dog. Shout out Zoe. Um, Shout out Zoe. Shout out Adam. Um, But I stood for the last three minutes of the game and there was a few people over, but I just stood off in the corner by the TV, like with my hands on my head. If you're, if you can see this, I, who knows if anybody's watching this, but uh, um, surrender Cobra style, but not quite surrendered yet. And before we got the ball, essentially it, I didn't feel defeated, but I was bracing for impact. You know, I was, I was, uh, you know, thinking of the negative outcome so that that was the expectation. Therefore, I wouldn't be as sad, maybe, as as I as I might have been. Um, but once we got the ball, it was immediately like I'm gonna vomit, whether good or bad. Like I, I, it's not even like nervous. Like what impact? We we know that in the grand scheme of things, Ohio State maybe still controls their own destiny if, destiny if they lose to Notre Dame. But obviously, like I just want them to win. Like. These are games that Ohio State hasn't really won in the last few years. Like, I just want them to win. Therefore, feelings of mine were that of vomit, whether good or bad. Um, Ended up obviously winning, and that drive was amazing, and cardiac kids. And I shout out Chip Tranium, who is my sister's boyfriend's uh, high school teammate, and they're still good buddies and go to Ohio State, which is funny. 
Um, I got to interrupt you. Can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah, shout out Tri- Chip, shout out Zoe, shout out Adam so far. Yep. Here's my question. Are you scoring there on the half-yard line in front of the no. line? No defender no. where they were supposed to be. Yeah. Well, it couldn't have been the- easier. It couldn't have been easier. Shout out Chip Tranium. But it almost – it was close. But – you gotta score from the yard one yard line. I can't even imagine they the conversations. Get a yard all game, Andrew. I know, but I can't even imagine the conversations if they don't score from the one yard line. Like if they ran that option play again, <laughs> or if they ran something. Well, like also, where's mine, Williams? Who knows? I thought that was what he was built for. It doesn't matter. No, Chip is. I don't know how it gets better than Chip short yardage either. Dude's a freaking dog. It doesn't matter because they won the game, but all I'm saying is like once you're on the one yard line, you're winning. The, the game that game was over. How do you not score? And then how do you really not score when they have 10 men? When we have 10 men, if we don't score, that's like holy cow. Um, but yeah, I mean, once they scored, obviously tons of euphoria, jumping up and down, clapping, screaming. Still felt like I was gonna vomit, didn't end up vomiting, which is good. Um the amount of relief as a fan, because like it shouldn't ruin your whole weekend, but you know that whatever happens in that last second, if Ohio State scores, you're happy for the next 24, 48 hours. If Ohio State doesn't score, you are noticeably sadder and more depressed. That shouldn't have an impact on your life, but it does. Um, no, it should. It, I mean, it better. We have a it, fucking podcast that it's cool. No, it's cool to care. It. It's cool to care. Always has been, always will be. Um, but yeah, it was... I don't know. I felt like the world stopped for the last like 50 seconds and all eyes were on that game. I don't know. Did you feel the same way? Yes. And then I ended up seeing that it was the most watched NBC game of the last like 20 years or something crazy. Probably because Notre Dame like always that. moves the needle. Notre Dame always moves the needle. That's what people were saying on Twitter. Can you admit, Can you believe that? It's they so were like, funny. They, they were like, all of their games are on NBC and it's the yeah. Only- they were, I saw the exact same thing you saw where the guy was like, you know, sets the record blah 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 all the stats yada 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 and then the, and then it's like next sentence was clearly shows Notre Dame, Notre Dame moves the always moves the needle and someone responded and said hey brother your games are on NBC every yeah. single Saturday Ohio State doesn't play every single Saturday on NBC and oh look what happened I mean, here here were my takeaways from the moment and then that tweet first one is What's the the key differentiators between this game and all the NBC Notre Dame Notre Dame games of years past? Josh the first Perry. one is Ohio State. <laughs> the second and third one is Joshua Perry and Nicole Auerbach. No, no coincidence that that's now the most watched game in however many years. But I will say this: I'm going to put you in the in the eyes of a Notre Dame fan for a second, and really just national college football question. I don't understand why they couldn't move the ball the whole game besides literally an 80 yard Travion Henderson touchdown run. But what all of a sudden you're just dialed in like the, the defense. Well, I know, I know you change your defense around that circumstance, but why would you change anything when you stop them every single time? It's not, it's not the Rams chiefs 50 to 50 game where you change your defense with the ball wins. Right. It was just do the same thing you've been doing the whole entire game and you it's win that it, game. And there was three opportunities where they just had to get one stop or maybe four opportunities. I forget or two opportunities. I forget what it was. Kyle was McCord, at least three. There was at least two fourth downs that Ohio State got. Kyle McCord. were like not easy fourth. It was yeah. like fourth and three. It was like fourth and nine. I think there was a third and 17 and like a fourth and 12 at one point. Or there's some I just, weird numbers. It, it's the clearest 
example of the classic football of like this prevent defense, right? They know that the only way they lose is with a touchdown, right? Like a field goal doesn't lose in the game. It's like keep everybody in front of you. So it's like, all right, Ohio State and Kyle McCord specifically just kept taking nine-yard chunks, eight-yard chunks, 12-yard chunks, 15-yard chunks. And eventually you're 80 yards and with a chance to win the game. Not only a chance, like you are the favorite to win the game. When you get to the seven-yard line or the yeah. – you know, the one yard line. line. I think they went from like the 25 to the right, one yeah, or was, whatever it was. It was like a, it was like a fourth and like 12 from their own 25. And they got like a 22, you know, 23 yard catch. And then yeah. like Buka turned and didn't quite get there. But so there was a Jarvis Landry play once a few years ago where he was able to stick it out into the end zone because you imagine that picture, Woo! but you can't do that in college. Obviously, if you're on the ground, you're down, but there's oh right like Landry Landry catches the ball he's on the ground and before he gets touched he puts the ball over the the end zone I'll send it to you after this but here that was cool that was like you were in 3D like you're gonna I know here here's a few things one we were saying this before the show little behind the scenes inside inside drive the lane that's (laughs) you thought you were gonna say inside TVT (laughs) (laughs) inside drive the lane here's the deal the offense did not look good the, the worst first... we agreed the worst it's ever looked under Ryan Day probably unless someone yeah. can point out a different game in the first you know 59 minutes literally and 10 seconds it was the worst the offense has ever looked besides the Travion Henderson 80 yard touchdown if you're a Notre Dame fan you're like okay we're punting to them play normal defense and you're winning this game which they should have just done and they probably win the game the other thing is the defense is unbelievable and the defense has been great all year Hartman looked good. The completions were short, not his best game of the season, but you come out of that game and you're like, okay, if Ohio state has Sam Hartman, they win the game. Or if the quarterbacks are flipped, you win the game. I'm not ready to, you know, make the Kyle McCord statue by any means. And I actually, I'll let you take this part because you feel more strong about me or more strong about, I feel very strong about you. (laughs) I, I, I didn't watch that game and think, this team is going to win the national championship. This team's going to win the Big Ten. I watched the game, and my takeaway from that is, all right, they're going to be undefeated going into Penn State. Got a, got a little more time to to figure out what they need to figure out. I took away the game. Travion Henderson's back. He's awesome. And mm-hmm. I took away the game of Kyle McCord in a close one-score game like that, proved now that he can bring you down the field and score. However, against However. a Penn State and a Michigan my concern would be if they're putting up 25, 30 plus points, is Ohio State and Kyle McCord going to be in the opportunity to come score a touchdown in a one score game to win the game, which I think you feel more comfortable than I do, but maybe not necessarily comfortable that they could play in a shootout against a team like that, that has a really good defense. Yeah, I it's not fair to say this was Kyle McCourt's coming out party, but I do think it solidifies him as for a couple of things. Number one, he's obviously the guy has been the guy will, will be the guy. No doubt about it. Um, I think that there's a huge weight lifted off his shoulders because he proved a lot in the fourth quarter. Um, I think that he is good enough for Ohio state to accomplish all their goals, you know, and that's in part because the defense is, incredible i think that the main takeaway there two the two main takeaways are Travion henderson appears to be very healthy and back like you said and then that the defense is the best they've been 
since Urban left. I think that that's fair to say also. Um, because the defense is so good, because the skill position players are incredible, like beyond so good, Kyle McCord, all he's got to do if Ryan Day opens it up a little bit, which maybe he will, uh, he hasn't yet. Like he's just got to make a couple of tough throws that he's proven he can make just about any throw, just a matter of having the confidence. And I think that this game has given him the confidence to do so. Um, I mean, it's just such a complete 180 from what could have happened, right? He could have, he could have got the ball 50 seconds left, incomplete pass, incomplete pass, interception, and we're all clamoring for Devin Brown. Instead, he marched us down the field with some phenomenal throws, showed a ton of poise, and proved what everyone was hoping, that he's the guy. And at this point, which, there's not much more you can want because Ohio State is held to this incredible standard of if you don't, if you win, it better be by enough and you can't lose, right? And I think in this day and age, you got to give the man his flowers because he played an incredible game-managing type game and was incredible towards the end. Um, and like kind of outdueled Sam Hartman in a battle of needing to score possessions or needing to make something out of it. Cause when they, Sam Hartman got the ball and almost got sacked twice through an incompletion that really cost Notre Dame the game. And then they punt the ball over to the Buckeyes and Kyle McCord marches them methodically down the field for a, for a victory. Sam Hartman is no doubt the better quarterback. He played a better game, but like there, I left that game not thinking there's that much of a difference in that game. I don't know. Well, this is what I'll say a little more about it. Cause I'm, not willing to say a little more negative, but like kind of that it felt like a different quarterback. It felt like when a quarterback gets hurt and it's like, Oh my God, this game's over. And then a different guy comes in and miraculously leads the team down the field. So maybe it's a, it's a Kickstarter to what we're going to see from McCord the rest of the season. I hope that's the case, but I, I agree with you that you're not walking away from that game saying, you know, this is the this is the Heisman winner. This is the guy. This is, you know, going to be the leader of an incredible, high-scoring, awesome offense. But you are now significantly more comfortable, not just in a full game, but down the stretch. And there will not be a more hostile environment or moment for Kyle McCord than a minute left, go down the field, 80 yards at Notre Dame, score a touchdown, which not only – did they need a touchdown? He hadn't thrown a touchdown all game. He still didn't throw a touchdown. They but... didn't have a drive for a touchdown. They had a play for a touchdown. Right, right. So he, in your mind, you have to just say, F all that BS from the last three hours. Fuck all that BS from the last three hours. I know I can bring the team down the field. I'm going to do it. I think what sums up Kyle McCord better than anything was – the last drive did not result in a passing touchdown. You know, he got you where you needed. I know I it's a little guess. different I mean, down at the one-yard line. He threw an incredible pass down to the one-yard line. I mean. Yeah. I, you're, you're right. You're right. But it's like. That's not fair. But I will tell you what I think we can agree upon is we agree that, that Kyle McCord is not the quarterback of the last few years that is going to be in New York expecting a Heisman. But. If you think he is, Dame, it's plus 3,000, plus 3,200. That'd be sick. Um, but what he did do is he grew up, and I really feel like he 
you know, his, his balls dropped in a way, you know what I mean? Like that, that last, that last drive really feels like a turning point in the season and his career. It could have gone either way. It was a fork in the road and he chose the road less traveled. And for that, what's the end of the poem? Shoot. And for that, I, whatever it is, it's like, I'm Hypo- very grateful or whatever. Uh, whatever. Hypo- hypothetical, hypothetical. Yeah. Hypothetical. You can have him or Sam Hartman the rest of the season. Well, Sam Who Hartman, obviously, but I'm, but I'm just Sam Hartman, definitive answer. But all I'm saying is, if you watch, if you watch the last few possessions of that game, there's not a gigantic difference. And Kyle McCord was better when it mattered. And yeah. so, for whatever it's worth, but the best part of the whole game was after the game when Ryan Day gave a speech that will will be heard all throughout Ohio in every. In every house and home, it'll be replayed all over social media forever and ever and ever. He said it's Ohio against the world, always has been, always will be. Called out uh, the oldest football and analyst in the world, Lou Holtz, which I'll I can say my point after you. But how did you feel, Andrew? I've had goosebumps after. I understand that it maybe could have came off as corny, but when you read into it, it's not that corny, in my opinion. What what did what were you thinking? I wish they did what Oregon did and just like pounded them and did that because you're still, it's a crazy moment. You're fired up at the time, but you're still walking off the field after one of your worst offensive performances as an offensive guru, as a quarterback's guy to date. I love it. You know, that was great. It's a soundbite clip video picture that we'll use a hundred times, but in an ideal world, it's an Oregon type beatdown on Colorado and of course, it's, there's a little more, there's a little more bark to your bite. It, at least it, it was Notre Dame. At least it was at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's like kind of a rival, even though they've only played seven times or, or whatever it is that, that weird, it's like a social media rival, Ohio state versus Notre Dame. It's a Twitter like a rivalry. Fan, it's like a fan rivalry. Yeah. It, um, so, and so I, I thought awesome. Talk your shit, you know, screw Lou Holtz for, for what he said about Ryan day and um, Ohio state. But in my mind, I can't even imagine what's going to come if he puts up, you know, a two score win over Michigan. Cause that'll be, you all said I couldn't beat Michigan, even though he has beaten Michigan, but you all said this, you all said that. So I do think there will be more gloating opportunities, but I did. I mean, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think that, listen, anybody can say whatever they want. And, and I feel like Lou Holtz just was the most recent person to say something. And that's why he got the, the, the bulk of the, of the speech from, from day. Um, what he di- said was disrespectful. Obviously we don't need to play the clip. You've seen it. We don't need to talk about it, but he basically just said, Ohio state is soft. Notre Dame is tougher. Notre Dame is better in every single position. And Notre Dame, the reason why they'll win is because they go good on good every single day. And Ohio state's never seen a team like Notre Dame. Ohio State loses to teams like Alabama and Georgia. The Notre Dame is no different. That's ridiculous, but neither here nor there. There's nobody that goes good against good better than Ohio State, unless it's Georgia probably right now in terms of five-star recruits, in terms of NFL players. Like, look at who's in the league. Like, Ohio State's been going good on good for as long as anybody can remember. But I I think I give a lot of kudos to Ryan Day because a lot of coaches, you know, Honestly, Dion and the Oregon coach are in the same world in the sense of, you know, Coach Prime and the Oregon coach both 
were like, no, it's not okay to be called out and, and, and we're not, we're not just going to act like it didn't happen essentially. Like I kind of like that Ryan day did uh you know, Hey, you're coming after my guys calling them soft. Like that's not okay. And they proved they're not soft tonight. And if you didn't see that tonight, then you're stupid. And I love that. Uh, any coach that's, that's backing his guys. It's hard to argue against whether it's corny or not. Ohio against the world is a real thing. The expectations I've said it a, a million times, but even on this show, I already said it once the expectations at Ohio state are insane from Ohio state fans and from the rest of the world. It's different than any other program. I swear for whatever reason. And that it, it's not that it's not fair, but Ohio state backs it up 99% of the time. They had one bad half and, and day admits to it. And since then, they should have won the national championship last year, you know? So, yeah. Um, Wait, I have breaking news. Oh, wow. Lou, Lou Holt's response today on Dan Dockage's show, he said, I can understand why he did on the response. I can understand why he did. He doesn't want to talk about Michigan. He doesn't want to talk about the big game coming up against Penn State and against Michigan again. He's a great coach. He's done a tremendous job. He's a great offensive mind. He hired an outstanding defensive coordinator from Oklahoma State. I think he's doing a tremendous job. Ohio State's a good football team. I don't think they're a great football team. He can go after me all he wants. So kind of also, agree. Kind he of also, agree. also in, in the, the nature of breaking news, he also said he came after me because he doesn't want to talk about Michigan, which I think is pretty funny too. I, I, I don't, don't disagree with anything I he said. The only thing I, I I don't – they're a great football team if there's 10 great football teams. Or Sorry. Yeah, they're a great football team if there's 10 great football teams. There's a good football team. They're a good football team if there's, there's three great. One, yeah. two, three, Texas, USC, whoever you want to you wanna put there. We'll see USC's defense. But – so I don't, like, necessarily disagree with that. But, you know, take the L. He should say he – He got won, me. He got me, yeah. So – Something that you wanted to do, which I like the idea, is give kind of like a helmet sticker or a Buckeye to an unsung hero of the game. Your segment idea, let's start it with you. Who are you giving that Buckeye to? Well, let me pull up my phone to to bring up uh, my notes on this guy right now. Um, I will tell you that uh, my guy plays on the offensive side of the football. Mm. Um, I'll tell you that my guy was at Buckeyes on the blacktop Mm. last year and i got to meet him in person mm. so that my guy wasn't wearing nikes or jordans and mm. uh, on, on the court like all of his teammates were he was instead wearing cowboy boots and that mm. is none other than cade stover cade stover gets my helmet sticker gets my buckeye leaf uh for this game for a number of different reasons he's not known necessarily as you know the best blocking tight end in the world he's much more of a receiver and in a game where notre dame's uh strength on defense was is their defensive backs he was an incredible safety blanket for Kyle McCourt um I, I think that he had his best game of the year um I think that he had an incredible block on the last play of the game if you see the the clip on Twitter he took number 13 on Notre Dame out into the bleachers with a block um I think that he is a incredible vocal leader on the team he's a captain for a reason uh, I think that he doesn't get enough love, and I think that he's going to be playing on Sundays. And for that reason, Kate Stover gets my Buckeye Leaf Helmet Sticker Unsung Hero Award of the game. All right, you ready for mine? I'm ready for yours. 
I'm sad about the order that we did this this podcast, and you'll hear why. You're giving Mine. it to Lou Holtz. I'm giving it to Lou Holtz because <laughs> without without Lou Holtz, we don't get one of the greatest post game interviews in not just Ohio State history, football history. It gave them bulletin board material. It gave Ryan Day something to be fired up about. Who's who's calling the plays right now, Day or Hartline? Day said that he called the last play. So I would okay. imagine that he's called. I would imagine Ryan Day is calling the plays because they ran uh, jets, a jet sweep on uh, on fourth and one. Yeah, so I, I'm giving it to Lou Holtz because you can't really single out one defensive player because the defense has just been awesome. You can't really single out you know, Kyle McCord or Trayvon Henderson, because without one or the other, you don't win the game. On Twitter, I said, Xavier Johnson just always steps up when needed. So that's like the real answer is just Xavier Xavier Johnson had a big catch on that last drive. And it's just like, he's always, he's always there when you need him. He's like a credit card. He's always there when you, when you need to swipe him. That's a Conzo Martin line about Mitch Smith, but, <laughs> but Lou Holtz, Lou Holtz gets the helmet sticker. He'll probably stomp on it, piss on it, throw it away, whatever it is. But he got this football team ready. Arguably a better coaching performance to motivate your team than Ryan Day. How how about the fact that, think about this. Ohio State never is an underdog. They're never like fed bulletin board material. It's always the opposite, right? It's always like they're playing a team like Akron and Akron's like, well, we wanted all these, we have a team full of guys who wanted to play at Ohio State. Or it's Indiana guys that feel the same way. And, you know, we're being disrespected. Like Ohio state besides the Georgia game last year, maybe like, are they're never underdogs. And that's the nature of Ohio state, which we've talked about. And, but Lou Holtz gave some Baltimore board material, just like other coaches have in the past about them being soft and stuff. Great. My favorite part of the rant, which all stems from Lou Holtz getting his helmet sticker is my guy, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy, Jesus, my guy, Jerry, the SID for Ohio State, who is the man. He he has been doing it for a long, long time, best in the business. You can hear him when when Ryan Day's about to get interviewed after the game. He goes, deep breath. And and as he's saying that, Ryan Day goes back to him and it's on the mic. You can hear it right before the interview starts. And he goes, watch this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just so good. It's so, so good. My final thing about football and Twitter and social media rivalry is I saw someone tweeted and said, if JT doesn't JTT, if he doesn't get his hands on that one pass, then the guy who it was going to would have scored and Notre Dame wins by, you know, 10 plus. But on the other end, if he catches that, it's a touchdown in the game. Yeah. So, or he catches, it goes down and they score much easier than what they had to do. So it's a Twitter rivalry. I love it because we are, we are in the trenches in we any in, in, in any Twitter rivalry. We we pulled out a a Clemson a, a f f u c k Clemson esque tweet. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I I threw the L on. Uh, I threw the the Dabo running with the L flag behind him up there when they lost. It's just like always great to see them yeah. lose. There's a yeah. there's a short list of teams that I always love to see lose. It's basically Michigan, Clemson, and Alabama. It's like that. Anybody else? It's like they lost. Oh, that's a bummer. Michigan until Michigan until like October, mid October. I want to lose. Then it's usually like you want them to be undefeated or it's a lose lose situation. 
Ryan Day wants them to be undefeated. Ryan Day doesn't want to lose to like maybe a three-loss Michigan. Maybe the idea of them being undefeated, I don't actually sit there and root for them each individual game, if that makes sense. I'm not rooting for them, but I'm not rooting sounds like you're, for them sounds to like lose. like you're rooting for them. Yeah. All right, real quick, we got to do a little basketball because we are a basketball show. We are. So I can't really think of anything to talk about basketball, except that I'm excited. We saw the team picture. It's the 125th Ohio State basketball team. I bet they missed a year. It might be 126. No, it's the 125th year of Ohio State basketball. The team picture is out. Check it out. Is is there anything we haven't covered about Ohio State basketball that you want to touch on? No, only thing, a couple things to touch on, I guess, are number one, um, it was media day. It wasn't just like the picture. So there's some fun sound bites and articles to read out there. You know, we love Adam Jardy and his writing. Make sure you go um, ha- see what he wrote up about the team and the expectations. Um, three fun notes. Number one is that I guess two fun notes. Um, number one, Felix Akpara came and obviously was speaking and he's gained like 20 something pounds this off season. I, I, it's, it's hard to notice on a guy who's seven foot, but he like noticeably looks bigger. Number that's number one. On the flip side, Zed Key and Bruce Thornton have lost some serious weight, which is great um, and important because Bruce is going to play as many minutes as he possibly can. And Zed, obviously, I think is going to be a completely different version of himself now that he's healthy, healthy and lost weight. Um, finally, Holtman has been documenting his health, his own health journey uh, in losing some weight himself he's got his own trainer he's got his gym in his basement he's got a great setup it's awesome he's been losing a lot of weight gaining muscle dude looks great um he asked his he asked his trainer the other day hey what what have i been squatting because my team just did their max squat yesterday for the preseason and they go oh right around like 185 is typically what you're repping for your max and he goes jesus bruce thornton my point guard was squatting 400 pounds yesterday and he goes huh. And he caught himself and he was like, I can't compare myself to a 19 year old. So I thought that was funny. Um, I have a note. I have a note. Yeah. I don't know if it's on purpose or on accident, but the front row of the picture looks like six out of five potential starters because it's, it's Bonner, Roddy Gale, Zed, Felix, Bruce, and I'm blanking on and Jameson battle. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's potentially. They do that every year. I was sitting down my, they just put the oldest guys down there. You're looking too much into Felix and Bruce and Roddy are the oldest guys at age. They're the returners. The other guys are the new guys Yeah, and transfers and stuff. They just have the old guys. Well, Jameson battles a return or is, is, I, I'm reading into guy. it. I'm reading into it because we don't have anything else to read read into. We don't have anything else to read into. Wouldn't you say that the starting lineup is going to be five of those six guys, probably though? Yeah, I could. After seeing basketball practice, I could see a world where the first starting lineup is Bruce Thornton, Dale Bonner, Roddy Gale, Jameson Battle, and uh, Felix Slash Zed. Yeah, which would be those six guys. But yeah. I do think at the end of the day they're going to shift it a little bit where they're going to throw a freshman in there and move Roddy to the two so that Roddy can guard the best guard sort of deal. But anyway, neither here nor there. Bruce, Bruce is also probably big enough to, to shift around if you need to. Well, I guess he's not big anymore, 
I'm going to say this now. I love, I love Zed key. Hopefully losing weight is not negative for that guy. Cause he's, he's been immovable in the past. Yeah. He's still big body down there. Don't worry. I'm I'm excited to see him back and healthy. And what, what I love about him is he's always just like looking around, like his head is on the ultimate swivel. If you watch him, he is such an unbelievable character. I gave him a big hug when I saw him. I'm just happy. He's healthy. He's happy to be healthy. Um, it's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun, if anything, it's going to be a fun year and it's right around the corner. First practice literally is as we speak. I'm pretty sure as we record this episode, they have their first practice of the year. So pretty exciting stuff. I have uh, some, hopefully some exciting information about their first few games that uh, maybe I'll be able to share sooner than later. I just am waiting for the official green light on some stuff and uh, um maybe a unique experience for drive the lane uh, for some early games for the Buckeyes. So we'll see. We will talk more about that. You'll hear from us next week. We're not previewing the next game against Maryland because we got next week to do that. Our goal is to have some basketball guests on very, very, very soon. We are going to really hone in on basketball season, but it looks like we're going to have pretty fun and exciting football season. You know, a few weeks ago we talked that, we may have to really hone in on basketball because who knows what's going to happen with the football team, but we were pleasantly, I guess we're, we're not surprised where the football team is, but we're happy that we're not full pivoting the basketball. I did tweet your uh, <laughs> schedule <laughs> preview thing, kind of like big, big cat does when he tweets about PS five and stuff. I, lo- I love that. I was like, Oh my God, are we going to lose? Because <laughs> Andrew thinks we're going to lose. That's for sure. But We will talk soon. This is a fun episode. Just dudes talking sports. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Hard to lose the bye week. We're going to beat the bye week. Go Buckeyes.